Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Welcome to this episode called The Quietly Radical Three-Hour Workday, or The Quietly Radical Three-Hour Workday, if you happen to be not fluent in me trying to sing. (laughs) So, uh, I have had throat coat because I have like a weird throat thing going on. So if you hear weirdness in my voice, I apologize in advance. Um, in terms of what is going on, uh, there's some people circling, but there are currently five KK on tap coaching spots left. Um, and you can head to kristenkelp.com slash tap to talk to me on the phone about whether one of them is meant to be yours this year. So let's do that thing. And if you're like, what is KK on tap? Then I'm like, I will tell you. It is a full year of working with me, which includes a quarterly one-on-one coaching call, a quarterly group coaching call, which just happened last week in which people send like wild and enthusiastic reviews of. Um, And then you get access to all of my archives. So uh, to space, the email course to break up with your phone and to how to fucking communicate and to courses and programs that are no longer available to the general public, like Sales Without Shame and Write Like a Pro, to all the breathwork sessions uh, and classes that I've ever recorded, to the softness sessions, and then to uh, workshops that come up that are priced under $1,000, which is most of them. You get free tickets to those, and you get access to Get Shit Done Days, which are days that we agree we're going to do all the things that we do not want to do, whether that's vacuum the car or take care of paperwork or uh, ask for help, or pitch uh, speeches to assorted conferences. The things that you just like, you're always like, I'll do that later. We handle those on Get Shit Done Days. Um, And so, yeah, you work with me for a whole year. And the reason we do a year is because that allows life to happen in the meantime. And, uh, you know, like your, because life happens like parents die things go wrong things change addresses move jobs move um you change your mind or really good things happen like you your adoption papers go through and you're gonna have a baby or two um all sorts of things can happen and a year is long enough for those things to happen and for you to sort of write your boat in the meantime in terms of you navigating life 
right? So I'm with you the whole way and it isn't like, oh, we're just together for three weeks and then whatever happens, happens. I'm with you the whole time. So kristenkelp.com slash tap. Let's make it work. Now, I have had a secret for a bunch of years, uh, but I have felt way too much like scary being judged fear to share it in any sort of meaningful or worthwhile way. So scary being judged fear is that fear that like when people find out they'll hate me, they'll never listen to me again, they'll never talk to me again, they'll write me off as useless or as spoiled or as entitled or whatever. Like we all know the scary being judged fear. Uh, So this is mine. And it's that most of my work days last for three hours or less. And before you go apeshit, form a mob, come at me with pitchforks, do whatever you're going to do because I'm such a spoiled brat, I want to tell you how this started. Um, For a bunch of years, I was struggling with depression. And when I say a bunch of years, I mean 19. (laughs) Cool, right? I also had a worsening but undiagnosed thyroid issues. So for about 18 months there, I had both extremely intense thyroid issues, i.e. your metabolism dies, your energy goes away, you cannot function, you have intense brain fog, and I had clinical depression. So naps were not optional. Getting out of bed and showering were serious achievements. Like for a long time, my life list of like what has to be done every day was um, shower, brush your teeth, leave the house. And those were legit achievements. That was not like, oh, we'll just toss you some, you know, some softballs and see if you can hit them. That was legit what needed to be focused on in order to be accomplished. So, uh, so it wasn't like, ha, I know showering is a pain in the ass. It was more like I have to lie down because I've taken a shower and my body is experiencing a power failure. So if you've ever been this sort of sick, usually it only comes after a cold or the flu or some really intense sickness where you you think you're okay and you're going to take a shower for the first time in a few days and you take it and then you're like, oh my God, I have to go lie down. That took every bit of power that I had in my body. It was like that, but every day. So where I could once work very happily for eight to 10 hours a day, the very picture of productivity, I found myself struggling to retain focus. I could only write for a few minutes at a time. So normally I could write for between an hour and 20 and an hour and 40 minutes continuously. And now it would be like 20 minutes as a stretch. I had trouble crafting zippy and witty responses to clients. My brain fog was so severe that if you asked me to describe it in any detail, like if you asked, you know, how is, how is your brain fog? that's all you had to do. Uh, I would burst into tears and wobble my mouth at you like a sad, ancient animal with no will to live. (laughs) I just wanted to be put down. I was scared that my brain would never recover and therefore I would have to give up having a business and giving, give up writing, give up the podcast, give it all up. I really thought that it was going to go. I, of course, uh, I decided to go down fighting. So I kept cutting my hours back bit by bit by bit. I will work until 4 p.m., until 3 p.m., until 2 p.m. And then I would beat myself up like, you can't handle working until 2, really? Okay, fine, I'll work until lunch. Uh, I was really embarrassed to be so, quote, sick and, quote, broken, unquote. Uh, But that's how I referred to myself. Um, And that's ultimately how I came to set up a lasting schedule because I've currently got a 9.30-ish to noon-ish routine. And that's my time for getting absolutely everything important done. That is writing, podcast recording, emailing, responding, selling, coaching, planning, and the like. And I've only got two and a half hours to do it. 
And then in the afternoon, I do tasks that don't require as much magic. So scheduling, administrative tasks, uploading spreadsheets, databases, downloading, all those sorts of things that typically last for at least half an hour, sometimes up to two hours, but it consistent consists mostly of tasks that are optional or that take place away from my computer. I also schedule time to do breath work, cook dinner, stretch, pick up library books, and otherwise take good care of myself most afternoons. Part of my issue was that when I was working for eight, nine, 10 hours a day, self-care was like, fuck that noise. I'm not doing any of that shit. Um, And on Fridays, I coach until about 3 p.m. because I know I'll have the weekend to recover if I overextend myself, right? So it's all very carefully plotted. And what I've found over the past few years of working at a screen less and working by taking good notes in the world more is fucking shocking to me because it's not what we've been taught. It's not what I internalized. It's not what the world says. It's not what the patterns um, that exist in the world already would have you believe. And that is the softer I can be with myself, the more I can get done. Not soft like fuck it, not like bad parenting soft. Like, yes, eat the eat the 74 pounds of hot dogs. Yes, go for it. You're not going to regret that, <laughs> right? Like acknowledging that like, no, there need to be boundaries. Um, but soft like let's do our best with clear priorities and well-defined tasks. Um, so instead of like do it, you moron, we're like do it because it's really good for you and it's your work to do in the world. So hard is that like gym coach voice, like – if, it, if the voice in your head is a gym teacher, that is the embodiment of hard. And if the voice in your head is gentle but wise, that is soft. Like, let's do this work because it's important and let's do it in this order. When you're only working for a few hours, here's the deal. You have no choice but to prioritize. You cannot just sit at your desk and then feel overwhelmed for two and a half hours a day or nothing will get done. Plus, there's no time for clicking on a rabbit hole to read about author's diaries or fiddle with Spotify playlists or scroll on Instagram or do some online shopping or even eye up the competition. I have no time for any of those things. I don't have time for answering texts, fiddling with group chats, or distracting myself with household tasks that are suddenly quite urgent because what will people think if I haven't taken out the recycling today? So part of the gift of this is that if I have eight hours to do something, work will expand to the time allotted and I will take eight hours. And if I have two and a half hours, then holy shit, I will be so focused and I will get that same amount of work done in two and a half hours because you've only got time for your work. And yours might be two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, whatever. It might be longer periods on Mondays and then shorter periods on Tuesdays. But the point is that you will need to prioritize the shit out of your work life in order to make this transition because you've only got time for your work and you're like, what is this magic? Here's the deal. The first thing, of course, is prioritizing. And if you're like, that's too fucking vague, I got you. I want you to think of your work in three categories, magic, mogul, and muggle. Now I've explained this a couple of times in a couple of different places, but it still hasn't, I've had people that I've been working with for years be like, the what now? Uh So I'm going to repeat myself and we're going to do it a different way that's maybe a little bit mixed up and that maybe this time will be the time and I'm totally down for here we go. Magic, mogul, muggle. Magic is the work that only you can do. So no one else can write my books, speak at my gigs, do my coaching sessions. It's what people pay me and only me to do. Um, And Bear cannot send me to one of his DJ gigs because I will play Ace, Ace of Bases the sign on repeat until everyone goes home. I do not have any DJ magic. That is his magic. (laughs) 
So my magic is writing, editing, communicating with peeps via the podcast, coaching, and holding or planning breathwork classes. That's very specific. That's my magic. Magic is scheduled for your most productive time of day. In my case, that's first thing, which also keeps me from wading into my inbox and getting distracted by whatever is waiting for me there. And magic is blocked off for one to two hours on any given workday. Most people skip their magic 100% of the time. They try to schedule it for big blocks of uninterrupted time, preferably on a desert island, and they allow every other urgent but not deeply important task to eat away at work time. If you've ever dreamed of doing all your work somewhere far away with no interruptions for seven to 30 days in a row, you know this predicament well. Making magic a daily activity changes the nature of your business and it ups your quality of life significantly. Because if I tried to shove all of my most awesome magic into use on Fridays, and then I left the rest of the week to things like spreadsheets, updates, and answering emails within 40 seconds of their arrival in my inbox, I would hate my life, like legit hate it. Because I would only be doing magic on one day and then doing bullshit on the other six days of the week, right? If you currently hate your business, I will bet that this has something to do with it. And if you're like, okay, but what the fuck is my magic, Kristen? Like, what should go into that time for me? Questions that suss out your magic are really simple. The first one is, what is it that only you can do? And here you will have to be incredibly brutal with yourself. So for example, only I can write my blog posts, but someone else can edit them, right? Only I can record this podcast, but someone else can edit it, upload it, all that good stuff. So it's delineating what is it that only I can do that absolutely requires me, and what is it that someone else can do, and then being brutal with that distinction because we often act like I just need to do all of it. And sometimes that's the case, and sometimes it's not. Another question to suss out magic, what will make five years from now you proud? So... What is the work that if you do it now, five years from now, you'll be proud of yourself? It's probably not taking out the recycling. Um, It's probably not cleaning the toilet. Those are important things. I am a fan of clean toilets. But in terms of your magic, that's not it. To ask it a different way, what will move the ball forward on the project you have given the most significance at the moment? And the answer is generally, with magic in particular, not thinking about it, planning for it, researching it, or scheduling it for later. Your magic wants to be magic now and later. And in general, your magic will rarely be answering emails the moment they come in, returning phone calls within 30 seconds of receiving them, or putting your best work at the least alive part of your day. My most alive part happens when I wake up, so I hit breakfast and get to work as quickly as possible. Some people say you have to work out before you sit before a screen, but that would take up too much of my magic time. Like taking an hour and a half or an hour to work out would then eat an hour of my magic time because I start as energetic as I'm going to be and my day is just a steady downhill in terms of my energy. So I just go right to it. Okay, after magic, there's moguling. Mogul like M-O-G-U-L. Mogul like owning a business, making the dollars, making it rain. Uh, Moguling involves any and every activity you do to bring money into your business. That is selling, marketing, planning a launch, 
following up with potential clients, chatting with potential clients, and letting current clients know about referral perks of any kind. For example, refer a coaching client to me for KK on tap and you get a free one hour coaching call. There are five spots left. That's an example of a referral perk. If you're afraid of selling or marketing or you're new to it, you will naturally push this off until it is absolutely necessary. And absolutely necessary means that you are out of money, generally. Not that I'm speaking from experience, except of course I'm speaking from experience, right? It's uncomfortable, and so we put it off until it is just like the shit is hitting the fan. But when you can make moguling a habit, even for 10 minutes a day, you make massive shifts in how you perceive and talk about your business. You promote your work before it's crunch time. You respond to clients in a timely but not instant time frame. You handle any issues that come up before they're a big deal, and you do so without trying to batch every last miserable marketing task imaginable into a single day at a time when you're completely out of cash. So you avoid that desperate clawing money grab, and you do the consistent work of generating income via talking about your business all the time. It's a difficult shift to make, but it's so much better on the other side. And eventually, you won't need these moguling tasks um, because they are a tiny stripe of time built into your day between magic and muggling. You won't need to like avoid them because they're not sucking all of your mental energy. They're not sucking um, all of your stress. They're not sucking all of your worry. They're not something that you think about and think about and think about. So you stop avoiding them. Consistent workday moguling is one of the keys to how I get a great deal of work done in a small period of time without freaking out how freaking out about how I should be doing more and more and more and more and more and more. It's just another check on the list. I've done magic, great. I've done mogul, great. Uh, to suss out moguling in your life, and this is not in any way, as always, a judgment. This is always, I have learned this the really fucking hard way, and then I share. How often do you mention your products and services to your email list, to social media, to those you meet? And if you're like, I don't have an email list, I avoid social media, and I don't leave my house, I would guess that your business is not doing as well as it could be, right? Um, How many times do you follow up with potential clients before assuming they're not interested? And if you're like, I don't, then that's that's an answer, but following up can be super duper helpful. And if you want to check this out on the uh, blog, there are all sorts of links available for you to past articles that help you with following up, selling, marketing, all that good stuff. If your work is limited in some capacity, are the number of spots available in your calendar extremely clear upon visiting your website? For example, five KK on tap coaching spots are left for this year. Versus like, talk to me about coaching. See how that that parameter is very helpful. People will naturally assume that your time is unlimited, that the spaces in any sorts of programs or services are unlimited, and that they have money and that they give it to you so they get a spot. And that's not always the case. So you have to make that clear. Do you keep an updated spreadsheet of your actual and projected income for your business? i.e. are you willing to look at the numbers for your business or do you pretend they don't exist? Because when you begin to just be able to look at the numbers, even if you don't like what you see, you're making really big progress. And finally, do you keep a regularly updated marketing calendar and then stick to it? And of course, um, 
I am happy to teach you how to make a marketing calendar. There's a link. Um, if you're like, oh God, how do I do these things? I want you to go to kristenkelp.com slash shop and pick up a copy of Go Your Own Way. It'll help free you from business as usual and start establishing these basic things that will help you run an effective business. And it is pay what you can. So I don't want to hear that you can't afford it. Please just go pick it up. It will help so, 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 so much. I promise. And if you'd like to cultivate the habit of communicating with your peeps, i.e. send a newsletter already, I'll walk you through how to do that without wanting to curl up and die in the how to fucking communicate uh, course, which is audio. It takes under two hours, comes with a workbook. It's fucking wonderful. That's at kristenkelp.com slash H-T-F-C, how to fucking communicate, just the first letters of each one. Okay. And then finally, there's muggling. This is the great time sink of life. The scheduling of appointments, the answering of emails, the attending of meetings, and frequently the avoiding of much harder activities. Most peeps I coach tend to give this category about 90% of their total resources on any given day. And in case you're like, no, not me, I never muggle, scrolling on your phone is muggling 100% of the time. So using your phone is not necessarily muggling, but anytime you're scrolling, muggling. And the word muggle is simply a Harry Potter term. Um, there is a, a magic world. So there are magical people, wizards and witches and all sorts of creatures. And then there's a muggle world. And those are just non-magic, non-magic people. And so muggling is just non-magic activities. We all know that muggling is often urgent, which is how it skips to the front of our to-do lists. It also requires the least amount of risk on our part because it's generally shuffling messages around, making plans for everyday tasks, and staying afloat in life without making any waves. If you are risk avoidant or you're generally feeling tired on any given day, it's totally normal for muggling to show up and take over your business life. But we can change that. To suss out muggling in your life, which everyday activities take up most of your time? And you can make a list and then play with, well, what if I did that just a little bit less? Or what if I asked someone else to do that? What if I paid someone else to do that? What if I just didn't do that anymore? In particular, scrolling. What if I just didn't do that anymore? How many times a day do you check your email? And then tricky follow-up. How many times a day do you respond to your email? Because checking and responding are two different things. So even if you just make a pact with yourself that when you check your email, you're going to be available to respond or you're not going to check it, that is super helpful. And it's a really, really big distinction. How much time do you dedicate to taking care of everyday business needs versus working on projects and tasks that only you can do? Which recurring tasks need to be scheduled so that you don't keep missing the time necessary to complete them each day, each week, or each month. So for example, my uh, podcast writing is automatically scheduled. Podcast recording and editing is automatically scheduled. Um, podcast uh, blog post upload, all the technical details automatically scheduled. And then writing to everyone uh, on my email list about the podcast and whatever's going on, automatically scheduled. Those blocks are automatically in my calendar each and every week because they happen each and every week. Instead of like, well, I'll just leave my calendar open and then see what happens. And then which muggling tasks can be outsourced to another human 
or batched on a regular time frame. So in other words, can you check email and voicemail twice a day and respond instead of checking every two minutes, but then reading and not responding or just sort of always having email open and then letting it distract you continuously. The good news is it is fairly easy to steal time back from muggling. The first and most important step is to stop working when you're done working. <laughs> that sounds so silly and I promise I'm not being patronizing. This makes a huge difference. Let me explain. If you only check your email twice a day for 20 minutes at a time, you will free up those hours when you're sitting at the computer not working but feeling guilty about how little you have to accomplish, so checking email in order to verify that you should be at your computer. If you've handled your obligations, completed your magical time, and let your peeps know which parts of your work are on offer at the moment, you're free to move about the world. The thing, though, is that it's really hard to stop working when you're done working. You will have to give up a tremendous amount of guilt to make this three-hour workday happen. The guilt. Let's talk about it. Um, the guilt is, my friends are working so hard at their nine-to-fives, shouldn't I be miserable too? Uh, my friend in corporate America answers more than 200 emails a day. Shouldn't I be ans answer my emails immediately in order to compensate for the fact that I don't have that many? Uh, my other friend in corporate America is in meetings for three to seven hours a day. So shouldn't I be sitting at my computer to, in some strange and energetic way, atone for the fact that I've got my own business and could be doing anything at all right now? It's weird but it's absolutely true and it's something that I still wrestle with. The thing about guilt though is that you can see it coming, you can hear it, give its little pitch about why you should feel guilty and then you can be like, nope, not gonna feel guilty about that. You don't have to curb your freedom because those you love aren't as free, period. To put it another way, the belief that we should be working for eight hours a day, five days a week, at a screen, without fail, is bullshit. Your life has rhythms and seasons. You have rhythms and seasons. The world has rhythms and seasons. And so every day, eight hours a day, five days a week, is not a sustainable rhythm. When you get softer and as you get softer, you can give yourself many permissions in order to work through your asshole brain's nagging about how lazy and useless you are and how guilty you should feel. Here are a few that might help you to start. Permission to work for as long as you have act legitimate activities to complete and then close up shop for the day. Permission to schedule as little or as much work as you can handle on any given day and in any given season of life. I have got this weird throat funky thing going on, so I'm gonna be doing a whole lot of nothing after I record this. And that's because if you ignore what your body is trying to tell you about like, I feel a little bit sick, you're going to get a lot more sick. And if you are just like, I'm gonna rest, odds are that's gonna get better. Permission to keep your business as big or as small as you'd like, particularly small, which gets shamed by internet gurus the whole world over. Like no matter what your business is currently making, internet gurus think you should be making more. And there is no upper limit on how much more should be. So permission for your business to be as big or as small as you'd like. Fucking granted. Permission to give up scrolling, procrastinating, and other forms of like screen-based bullshit in order to do your work and then get on with your day. And finally, permission to admit that screens are only a small part of many businesses. If you're a dancer, dance. If you're a painter, paint. If you're a writer, write. On notebooks and in scribbles away from screens wherever possible. 
let go of trying to control everything or trying to find the thread that leads to all systems coming together perfectly, all ills disappearing, all boxes being checked, all signs pointing to go, and all beings being blissful at once. This is much harder as, than it seems, and it will require continued effort, she says knowingly. The work of this lifetime is not leading to a single moment. It is all around us all the time. Enter into the dance, the dance of the universe, this endless world looking at, observing, and interacting with itself, only itself in endless forms every single day. Your job is to be you. Your job is to evolve your consciousness by entering in every single day, even when you're tired, even when you're scared, even when you're sure it's useless or there are bigger fish to fry or your tiny scraps of goodness add up to nothing at all. Your job is to enter in and become more of yourself, to find out more of what you already know, to dance with everything both as the universe and as your own separate self. The error comes in thinking there's a there there, believing it will all be solved when, all better when, all work out when, all be ideal when, all be painless when. The dance is good and hard and painful and messy always. Enter in. Don't sit at the gate and charge for tickets or claim to know what's going on inside because you visited yesterday or stand along the sides and watch others dancing. Rest when you need, of course, but enter in. It's the only way to know what is and isn't true today and what you might do to aid the universe in its unfolding at this very moment. You are freer than you know now. Just enter in. If you would like to participate in my particular magic, please look no further than the softness sessions which start this week. Like procrastinators, you are out of time. Please go to the soft.space and get it. I will help you take the first steps toward being softer with yourself, including with your schedule, with your productivity, and with what you can achieve on any given day through the help of weekly wisdom throwdowns and breath work. Breath work is an active three-part meditation that's like a scrubby brush for your soul. It cleans up emotional residue, inherited or outdated thought patterns, and habitual actions. All you've got to do is lie down and breathe and probably cry a little, but not too much. I'll walk you through the common areas where we humans encounter major tangles like loneliness, mess, doubt, wandering the wilderness, finding steadiness, and joy. And then we'll move through each one with breath work. You'll come out the other side less attached to guilt, shame, fear, and the bullshit that's lived in you for so long that you can't even see it anymore. Expect to feel brighter, lighter, and softer at the end of the sessions. You want to head to thesoft.space to get on that shit right now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you, uh, even if you can't get yourself to the three-hour workday or anything that short, that you begin to see that there is magic, mogul, and muggle available to you all the time. And I hope that you can spend just a touch less time muggling every single day. So may you see the places where your magic is needed and may you move toward them. May you realize that moguling is not a dirty word. It's just part of being in business and it's a muscle you can build like any other. May you give far less attention and distraction to muggling. 
May you give up the guilt of working for as long as you need to work. May you give up the myth of productivity and enjoy the fuck out of your life. And may you enter into the dance that is living on this particular day. Thank you so much, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly, or not so quietly, scream-sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now, and we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now, and that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.